Joan Breibart, Episode 5, and I was mentioning in the last one that uh, I was talking to a certified wellness bitch who said she would never eat indoors anymore. Uh, there's now these outdoor sheds, and even if it's 30 degrees, and the reason I didn't say, but it was from her lips that uh, her entire life, and she's only about 40, uh, she always would get in the winter every kind of cold and flu and bronchitis and blah, blah, blah. And so now, of course, she's going to do everything she can to avoid every single germ. Then a couple of days later, I, um, I read an article in uh, the New Yorker about India and how uh, men in their 70s and 80s getting COVID, for the most part, they get better on their own without ventilators and supplemental oxygen. In fact, one Indian doctor said that our ICUs are empty. And of course, they in India and most of the world, you know, has a fraction of the deaths of what we have in the United States. And it's pretty clear, you know, they haven't been changing their diet every 20 days because uh, some, uh, you know, with junky, uh, when I would say wellness junkie, would give some great new uh, recipe for some miraculous food combination that's going to make you healthy. And uh, so we, they haven't had any of that food stuff and changed their diet on a regular basis. They don't beat up their bodies with exercise. Um, they may be living uh, very close and probably are to a lot of other people, but they are, um, in a way, healthier. It seems hard to believe we're in the most advanced country in the world and we should be healthier than they are, but we're not. And uh, epidemiologists are looking into this, but it just came about right after I had spoken to this woman who's trying to um, sterilize the entire world so nothing happens to her. And of course, what has happened, we know, is that for a few decades, MDs in this country have given uh, people antibiotics for any little thing and never told them to tough it out because we can't tough out anything. And as a result, uh, you know, we are unable to, um, to withstand any pathogen that comes around. It gets to us and then even the, the drugs probably won't work as well or maybe they'll not work at all. And we made this all happen and we did it to ourselves and doctors had to do it because otherwise they wouldn't get liked on Facebook. And that's the most important thing, right? Um, we go to this opioids thing and nobody is going to really believe that MDs thought that you could take these drugs, these opioids and not become addicted. I mean, that is just a total lie and it's so embarrassing and phony because obviously if you take one pill and all of a sudden you're feeling wonderful, you're gonna to wanna to take another one and then another one. And that gets me to what I think is one of our biggest problems. And it's one that I don't know how we can solve at this point, it's gone on too long, but people are encouraged to say things that are uh, incomplete, let's say, because 
it sounds better and they won't have any controversy and they everyone will think they're nice or whatever. So, of course, I'm not like that. So after this woman told me about she's never eating indoors anymore, I said to her, well, maybe that's a good idea because you won't have to go outside to have a cigarette. I thought she'd pass out right there. I mean, she glared at me as if I was talking about her shooting up heroin. But anyway, um, so it's always this kind of thing. We have Bernie Sanders early on in the, in the COVID thing talking about how we have to immediately go into nursing homes and um, vaccinate everyone and take care of them and put in ventilators and everything else because this most important thing. My husband died in a nursing home after six horrible years of suffering, suffering. People go to nursing homes to die. And yes, Bernie Sanders could say that, but then he should complete the sentence. And that would be because I'm an old person, right? I'm old. So I want to make sure we've got this set up in case I have to go into one. But of course he wouldn't say that. He was trying to make it that he was such a wonderful person thinking about old people when in fact he is an old person. And that it was, it's a stupid idea and the waste of vaccines and, you know, you just can't go on about this long enough. But um, it's always this. No one says the complete sentence. So, for example, I remember, this was a long time ago, when the tobacco companies were on trial. And I can remember that there was um, somebody coming up, a man who smoked three packs a day. And um, during that time, he uh, had a hacking cough all the time, couldn't walk up a flight of stairs, you know, smelled of tobacco, had stains on his teeth and fingers, uh, holes in his clothes. You know, it was just an obvious disaster, three packs a day. But instead of anyone saying, well, look, you know, what do you expect? I mean, <laughs> look at you. You're, you're pretending, you're telling us you never knew there was anything wrong with smoking all those cigarettes. And no one really challenged it because of something that I can't really understand. Why wouldn't they, the tobacco companies do it? Why wouldn't anybody challenge this idea of nursing homes? Because nobody could believe this stuff. It is, it's just an absurdity. So um, here we are, you know, India, this very, very poor country, people uh, getting better from COVID, even in their 70s and 80s and being men. And, uh, you know, we're just falling apart here. So um, I wanted to finish that off. Now, I think because things are, are bad and they're just going to get worse, that we should take a, a look at it and say, why don't we just do things just so that we can feel like we're not completely impotent. I mean, the future is, there isn't any, but we can just do things. You know, we can come out as a people and say to our representatives, our public servants, maybe that's the first thing, that we stop calling them senators and congressmen and whatever, and just public servant, public servant um, Sanders, right? Okay, and we get rid of all those titles. In the same way, why don't we just say, okay, it's not going to make a difference, but right now, why don't we just get rid of the Electoral College? How hard is it? You know, you, you vote and it's over. And at least someone will say, hey, we did something. We actually did something. And why don't we just make sure that we don't have any more really old presidents like we have now and Trump 
I mean, I'm 79, almost 80. Sure, I work every day, I invent things, whatever, but I, you know, I'm not firing on all four burners anymore, and they aren't either. And there's a, an age restriction uh, for a president's, can't be it before age uh, 35. Well, it should be, you can't run after you're um, 65. That's it. And of course, the next thing needs to be that there's only one term, or maybe it's five years or six years, because uh, it's just too costly and difficult for us to keep mounting all these uh, campaigns that go on before the, it's over, we're starting the other, but then that's the next point. I mean, most of the world, I think campaign is restricted to five or six weeks. I, I know that's true in France and I think Great Britain. And it should be obviously public funds and that's it. Because really people don't have enough to do. They just want these activities. And somehow we've glorified politics. It used to be considered sort of a dirty word, a politician. We've got, and then we want young people that would be uh, Generation Z to get into politics when we maybe should be looking at this as uh, we are hiring these people, they're our employees, and they're there to do uh, some work and get things done, and that's the end of it. And we're not going to be glorifying these things because all the solutions and for our failed um, government, etc., cetera, uh, are obvious. Both sides would really agree, um, but we can't do anything because we're now so upset and angry and impotent. And people wonder why this is body conversations. What does this have to do with obesity? What well, has everything to do with it? Because it led us into this industry of wellness, which is such an obvious thing. Well, it's a word to cover up the failure of diet and exercise, which everybody thought in the 60s and 70s and 80s was a great idea, but it was a terrible idea. In fact, if we go back and no one had ever started dieting and had not quit smoking, right, and had not gone into these exercises, we would be surviving COVID better. I mean, I know it's hard to say, but of course we'd be we had trillions and trillions of dollars made in this business. So economically, um, it looked like a good idea. And I guess economically is a good idea. It's just that it's not for the people. And what happens? Um, Frank Bruni was on uh, Bill Maher talking about, because he had a weight problem. He struggled with his weight and how fat people have been shamed. That is garbage. I mean, 70% of the U.S. adult population is overweight or obese, most of them obese, most of them very obese. How is some tiny minority shaming them? They're ashamed, right? They hate themselves. That makes them feel uncomfortable. And that's their problem. They're physically uncomfortable, but not uncomfortable enough to lose the weight. As a matter of fact, it switched so much that there are people who really like being fat. They like being obese. And they say, why should we not? All our friends are. People you see on television and commercials are. By the way, that's an interesting thing. Every commercial in America, just it's mostly fat people, right? And of course, now we have diversity, so it's every color, right? I subscribe to TV Sank, which is a French uh, channel. And even though there's obesity there, 
but they're certainly not putting those people in commercials or in uh, dramas or comedies or, you know, they're, they're hiding them. We are putting them out, right? We want everyone to know that they uh, are the people that we are and, you know, everyone's going to have to accept them. And if there weren't any uh, health consequences, I guess you could make a point for that, even though obviously they're, each one of them is physically uncomfortable. You think about, I mean, I can certainly think about when I was nine months pregnant and my feet swelled up and my ankles and carrying all that weight and I couldn't be comfortable in my back. I mean, who wants to be that way, right? But you know, they could make a point that they didn't care about their physical discomfort and they just wanted to keep eating and they didn't want to be bothered and whatever. But of course we know, uh, you know, they can't pretend it's going to be nonstop diabetes and there's no uh, vaccine for that and it's very expensive and um, on and on and on. So the problem is that we have a small number of people who are what I call PC, woke, wimpy wellness bitches. And why should that be an issue? Because they're not the majority. The majority of people are just dragging their obese bodies through the day, hoping to get through the day, hoping to get it right. Um, but the fact is that the people that are the, the wokey, the wokey wimpy, Okay, when being PC, those are the people that are in charge. Those are the people who control the media. And everything is uh, controlled by the media. And everything we do and think about is affected by what the media says and directs us to do and whatever. So it may not be a lot of people, but um, it's, it's very powerful people. And they have one point of view. And even though... My observation, because obviously I'm surrounded by these people, I know these people, I know them more than I know any other kind of people, they're everywhere, where I uh, go to work and live and whatever. They're very insecure. And I don't know if that's a reflection of the fact that they know that they're phony and that they're only saying half-truths, or it's because they're pushing and selling things that are really unnecessary, certainly in the wellness world. And they feel bad about this. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, and I'm sure you've seen it too, you get uh, some promo for cosmetics or tights and 10% and of the profits are going to charity, right? But of course, if there are no profits, 10% of nothing is still nothing. They're not showing you their um, P&L and balance sheet, and we know they're it's not sending any money to charity. But again, all of these awareness and these ribbons, which is what Bill Maher pointed out, is just for people who are so uncomfortable. Maybe they're uncomfortable because they know they don't deserve their affluence and privilege, whatever their color is. But whatever it is, and I can't totally figure it out, but I, I see it, they're not comfortable and uh, that's a problem because, you know, it affects how they proceed. I think some of it can be explained by something that Toni Morrison, the great author, said recently. It was on television in a biography of her. That when she was young and growing up, and she lived in a town in Ohio where 
Oh, there was a variety of people. There were Italian people and Polish people and American people, and there were black people and white people and Indian people and whatever. It wasn't a crime. You didn't feel shame at being poor. You wanted to just, you know, as I said, get through the day and make sure you could find enough money so you could pay the bills and have some food and, you know, maybe have a little bit of entertainment, right? But you didn't feel bad. And I think this is really what we're talking about. All of this stuff, to sell all this stuff, to get people to buy so many things that they don't need with money they don't have, we had to put in this aspirational marketing. So, and then that coincides with all the social media. And so people are actually believe if they can't afford to buy some uh, Hermes lipstick for $67, that they're not good enough. So when you're, when you're dealing with that, and that's really what it is, um, you're, you, you, you can't dig your way out of this. You know, we, there's so many conflicts and issues to unravel and no one can even say one complete sentence such as, well, yes, uh, if we hadn't closed down the entire country and ruined New York, the most important city in the world, um, yes, some more people would die, but who are they? And we have overpopulation and, uh, you know, 165,000 people die any, every single day. You know, but you can't say it because everyone's tiptoeing around and trying to be um, somehow showing that they're sensitive and caring and whatever. Anyway, um, what I'm suggesting now, given the uh, future, or the lack of future, is that we just say, what the hell? Let's try something. Let's get rid of the Electoral College. Let's put in age limits for the pre presidency. And, well, there's another 50 things we can do. But um, we'll get to those later. Bye-bye.